リンクスタート先輩先輩
It's been a journey to say the least, as I've been enjoying two weeks off on vacation from work, so not only have I not had to drive out to LA to do all the shows, I've had two weeks to do absolutely and supercalifragilisticexpialidociously anything and everything I've wanted. I'm the kind of guy, when I take time off, I usually don't have anything planned, and that's for a reason. I personally am somebody who really enjoys just going off the top, not having anything set in stone, letting every day be its standstill opportunity to do something new. And if I don't do anything, well, guess what? I'm fine with that, too. I can stay at home, watch some anime, watch some other stuff, play some video games, work on some content, go and talk to different content creators, reach out to my business partners, try to start new endeavors. And there has been so many opportunities that are presenting itself. I'm super excited, as you can tell. So thank you guys, as always, for being a part of this. And just a heads up as to what's to come. If you are in California, the SoCal Anime Convention, it will be in Pomona, and it is a three-day event. Go and hit up their Instagram for SoCal Anime. I will be one of their MCs. I will be in charge of a lot of the things going on with the cosplay tournament, and also one of the guys that's always voicing for a lot of the things to get people engaged, to give them the heads up at what's to come, so you can expect a lot of fun with that to look at it. Ruby is back, the Subaru. I finally got her back. What a blessing. I'm also working with a new company called Drip. That's a trading card thing. So if you've heard of whatnot, I'm sure you've seen how they do the live rips with their streamers. I have something that I'll be doing with them and also with Y Schwartz. So that's a tease as to what's to come. But I am literally sweating my ass off because it is now 90 something degrees in my room at 10 o'clock at night because not only do I not believe in AC, I truly believe I think it is a compound. I think it is cheating the summertime. I think you should have to endure what our forefathers had to as well, and it is the hot premise of this world. So I like to sweat. It's a good way for me to clean my body out of all its toxins and also see if I have what it takes to be like Saitama and go through his training course of no AC in the summertime, always doing my exercises, never giving up, never complaining. So hopefully I keep my hair and I get super strong as well. So <laughs> a lot of fun to get to. And I have some interesting stuff I want to talk to today with you guys. But before we do that, I have noticed the calendar, as I was off for two weeks, has changed from August, Augusto, to September, September. And as we switch the months, I also like to look around the world to see where the support is, to see where everybody is listening, to shout you out appropriately, and to also give you the love you guys give me. So why don't we do something I love that's called Weebs All Around the World! You know who you are because you always listen to the highlight of the show. So I got to shout you out and I change my voice for the second accord. I just found out that like within 86, they have core. It is core one and core two, not season one and season two. Pish posh, tilly wally tis sauce. <laughs> so as we look around the world, where have people been listening? Because I can see you all streaming the show and I love you. So let's go first around the world. At fifth place is India. It is cool to see you guys all supporting. I am a huge fan of Indian culture and the food and cuisine. I always have curry and everything with cayenne pepper stocked up with the masala. At number four is Germany. Guten Tag, all my family member out in the Germans. It's very good to hear you, to listen, and I thank you for being a part of the show. Australia at number three. I hope it's all going good down under and you're staying away from those camel spiders. Number two is the United Kingdom, and I thank you, my kings and queens out there. And without a doubt, 
Number one, the biggest fandom and support for this brand and show and this family is the United States Smash-Up. Love you guys, so let's go quickly through the U.S. of A. Number five is Minnesota. Number four is Pennsylvania. Number three is Florida. Number two is Texas. And number one is California. We love you here in California. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. <laughs> so guys, thank you for being a part of this brand and show. And even if I take a day, a week, or whatever it may be off, it's still good to see you guys support and listen. So I hope again you're all doing well. And as we move forward, there are so many great shows that are coming out in October. I am super excited to talk about a lot of those as we get closer because this fall season is going to be a banger. My only thing that I'm worried about is the insane amount of hype that Chainsaw Man is getting. And this happened also with Demon Slayer. It's a personal preference. It's not anything to do with show content-wise or whatnot. But with Demon Slayer, when I watched the first three episodes, I fell in love with the show for the simple concept of what it was. Tanjiro's pure soul, his love for his family, was taken all away from him by Michael Jackson. And how is he going to go about it and what is he going to do? I mean, I didn't like some characters. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. He falls asleep and he cries a lot, but... I did like the premise of the show. The only deterring thing I have is when hype gets so over the top, it can push people away. And I understand why. It's because, like, for example, Spy Family. Spy Family was not getting the same amount of hype that Demon Slayer was. Because Demon Slayer, it came out in a time where the pandemic was still thriving, people were still locked up, the movie finally dropped, people were able to go to theaters. So it had such a big carry for itself, it not only skyrocketed the manga sales, but the entirety of the franchise itself. And I'm worried that might happen with Chainsaw Man. Because we have to remember this, there are a lot of adaptations out there that don't always come to par of our expectations. And a lot of people have raved and ravaged about the experience of how sensational and one-of-a-kind and unique the Chainsaw Man franchise is in their manga series, I have not read a single ounce of it. So for myself, I'm able to go into this season, the first one of Chainsaw Man, and have no bias, have no expectations, have no requirements, have nothing I'm looking forward to. It's just the simplicity and bliss of what's going to be in front of me. So in doing that, I have a blank slate to be impressed. I'm worried that there will be not only so many people hyping this show to such a high extent, but what if it does end up being not that great? Let's just say hypothetically, which I think it's going to be impossible from what we've seen so far, but hypothetically, let's say it doesn't start off that great. It starts off like maybe the Lord of the Rings series that's happening right now on Amazon Prime, where a lot of people, within the first couple episodes, they're already saying like, oh, it's so slow, this isn't that good of a show, they're not really doing much with it, but then I saw the amount of money they dumped into this show and read a little bit about what they have planned for it, I think people aren't understanding the world building that Lord of the Rings does. Because if you haven't watched, let's just say, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, The Two Towers, all this stuff... There's a lot of stuff that goes on with that, and there's a lot of world building. That's why if you go watch the director's uncut edition, whatever it is, or the director's cut, it's like four and a half, five hours long per movie. Just saying. There's a lot of world building they do. So if this show starts off a little bit slow, but I don't think it will. It's Chainsaw Man. 
I don't want people's hype to be so over the top. They just have the blind allegiance for it and just robustly salute it, support it, and yada, 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 which a lot of the One Piece fandom does as well. And that's why it turned me off a lot to One Piece is because the manga is sensational. But the undying loyalty people have to this show, it's like, bro, it's great. I get it. But just because people think differently of it doesn't mean anything. And the hype gets so over the top. A lot of people just want to hate on it now just because it's loved so much. It's like kind of hipster and cool to be a contrarian. So hopefully... A lot of the things don't play over to Chainsaw Man because I am excited for it. From what I have seen, it looks amazing. I love the creators of it, the producers, the production companies. Everything seems to be pointing in the right direction. But I hope, and I again say this, let's just let it build up accordingly. Let's not do the Demon Slayer thing. Eight episodes in, people are proclaiming it to be their all-time favorite anime. I'm like, bro, it hasn't even finished the first season. And then when it did, everybody was telling, I'm like, bro, just chill. Let's let's breathe. Let's let it go its own separate way. If you want to say it's a top 10 anime for you, I'm all for that. So perfect example, Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga only has one season out. It's about to have its second one coming up the end of this year as well. And I already touted it as one of my top 10 animes because of the premise of it. It's a Viking setting it's medieval it has a different concept shows the embodiment of revenge the protagonist and antagonist combined the duo especially ashglad how he finishes everything the secondary characters from thor's canute everything it is a unbelievably top tier show and it's very unique that's why i have it touted so highly but i don't go running around telling everybody it's the greatest anime oh my god flesh and blood let me do a ritual no it's you just gotta breathe and take it for what it is so just take this as a heating of warning at every in the anime world it's okay to enjoy something don't hate on somebody else if they don't i've noticed like there's a lot of just this disoriented aggression and just all of this negativity for no apparent reason to me and i know the internet's just its own entity but we always forget that that trickles into our lives over time if you're constantly scrolling through these platforms like a lot of people are and getting so over the top mass consumed by a lot of this stuff that isn't basically comedy oriented or satire it slowly portrays in your mind and becomes a reality it's the same concept with anything in our world so just let it breathe enjoy it for what it is and don't overlook the other unbelievably great shows that will also be dropping at the end of this coming up two months <laughs> this fall season i'm super excited i'm going to talk more about it as it moves forward but just wanted to get that little rant out there for you guys just to just to speak my piece real quick as you could say so now that i got that rant off my chest i feel oh so much better and i'm literally sitting in a puddle of sweat right now i swear that i have just went through about five years of detoxing that i was behind <laughs> I had to get you guys right before we talk about the topic at hand. And as you've always come to expect, I kind of go with the flow and enjoying the kind of conversational points that I find within my life and also having fun with new discussions and topics that come into my peripheral of vision. So now I thought to myself as I was making some new content for TikTok... There was something that was amazing to me, and I know we always talk about memories, our past, some of the best animes we've seen of our time, and one great conversation is animes that you wish you could watch again for the first time. Now, this is a fun conversation, because if you think about it, some of the shows we have watched throughout our time have defined us as not only anime viewers, but a lot of the persona of how we see ourselves, the world, and others, even in a subconscious way, of the things we wish and yearn for, and the appreciation we have for certain type of lifestyles or art styles, or even type of prophetic ways of how those carry themselves, the people we want to keep around us, etc., etc. So for myself, I think that says a lot about somebody when you have a certain style and genre you like of something. So for example, say you're a horror buff. 
You love horror movies. You're somebody who grew up with uh, all the paranormals, the Stephen King movies, and even some darker ones like Human Centipede, which, by the way, I didn't know there was three of them. Can somebody explain to me exactly why and who the hell in their right mind not only saw the first Human Centipede and was like, oh my god, this looks amazing, let's watch it. I understand if you're into those artsy, indie, weird-as-fuck kind of movies, you wanted to watch it just to see what the hell it's about, like interest level. I understand curiosity. He killed the cat. You're crazy for doing so. Who in their right freaking mind is supporting these shows enough to where they've made three of these movies? Can, can I just rift on this real quick? There are three human centipede movies. First off, how did the first one survive and then go into two and three? What is this the chronicles of the human? Are there human centipedes around me? I'm just, is this a fetish? Is this something new? Is this something people are just finding themselves into? Like people are, oh, you know what? I like to be stepped on. Oh, dude, I kind of like the dominatrix. Oh, you know what? Just choke me a little bit. A human centipede. Now, I've seen weird movies before, like one of them that's like about this walrus guy who he turns himself into a walrus. Again, weird indie stuff. I've even seen funny videos online, which I swear these people are trolling, where the girl thinks she's a dog, so she acts like a dog. She has a collar on. The guy does this. Who the hell is supporting these human centipede movies? And by the way, what the hell is a human centipede? I'm not looking it up. I have no interest. I am just baffled at the fact that this shot actually got approved for two more movies and people just understand this things don't get approved for more unless there is a demand so if i started a lemonade stand and i sat outside for saturday and sunday and i only sold two lemonade things nobody ever came i spent my time effort and money on something that nobody wanted i'm probably going to be deterred and probably not start a lemonade stand again If I have hordes of people coming, waiting outside before I even open up the shop and stuff like that, you're going to create more and expand and get bigger. Who are you? Why are you watching this? Like, I am utterly just, you fascinate me. I'm so baffled. I'm behooved. I don't know what other word to use besides the fact that I am just intoxicated with you as a person. Like that is such an interesting style for me to want to watch something where people are just connected to each other. I'm assuming they're connected to each other and they form like a centipede. So like are their hands stuck to each other or even worse like their faces to oh I don't want to think about it but that's just y'all shook me (laughs) okay like i understand the paranormal activity movies i watched the first one it tripped me out i understand even something like let's just say blair witch project the first person experience like cloverfield it's fun it's new it makes you feel like the first person experience i get it i'm with it i dig it all right that's cool human centipede bro like i just mm, you're a special breed You're a special freaking breed, and I bet you've seen all three, and I bet you even have a favorite of the three, and I also bet that you can give me something insightful about it. Bravo to you. (laughs) That's all I'll say. So what I was trying to get to before... uh, 
if you like a certain type of genre, it does say a lot about you. So, for example, let's say you're a fan of shonen-based animes, right? To me, shonen-based anime fans are the majority. I would say that most people who like anime enjoy shonen, maybe some seinen, but they're very much so into the factors of the additives like Dragon Ball Z, Jujutsu Kaisen, Black Clover, uh, Demon Slayer, these animation styles of crazy cool fight scenes the storyline that's very simplistic gets right into the mix we don't need too much backstory no need for a crazy world building just get me into the mix start some fights let me turn my brain off i get that and guess what I appreciate it too. I can see why people like it. The world makes us think enough. Our lives are insane. They're hectic. A lot of us are stuck in these mundane cycles. Sometimes you just want to chill and relax. That's why people have beers. That's why people smoke joints and other stuff. I understand it or watch Human Centipede. I understand it. But to me, everything says something about you. So Shonen fans, I believe you're the type who very much so is based off of the beliefs of hype. You're somebody who follows a lot of what is prestigious or is well known in the industry so you're not somebody who's going out of your way to watch these indie films like for example <laughs> human centipede you're not going out of your way to find a spice and wolf a honey and clover a march comes in like a lion you're not going out of your way to find these smaller shows because you have no interest in things outside of what is the bigger shows because they are longer running they have a lot more following behind it you know that they're going to have a multitude of seasons because of all of it so you're cool with it and you like it and i'm all about it i understand it it seems a lot more easy to follow to me and it seems like as individuals you're very very easy to get along with. You're very mundane in the sense you have your interests, your insights, but majority of you guys are very similar with your beliefs and taste. Now, somebody else that say like slice of lives, you may have more of a romantic side to you. You may be somebody who has more of an introverted side or somebody who likes great dialogue and interest. You're somebody who is maybe an overthinker. Somebody likes to think outside the box or somebody who likes to have something other than just blast me dirty senpai animation style and wants to get taken over by a story best one I can ascribe to you here is Fruits Basket. This show did something I was not expecting on so many crazy sets of levels and standards and criteria I have for Slice of Lives because I do consider myself one of the Slice of Life kings out there with how much I've watched. The fact that they give you so much in-depth backstory to Honda-san herself, the personality traits and the outlook of life in herself that she gained through her mother, the trials and the tribulations they both went through, the secondary characters that they introduced even somebody as close to them like all the somas and how every single family member within the soma clan has their own individual unique traits to them and how they've all suffered because of akito and everything that's connected to it it is so beautifully done and told that type of insight to me is something that intoxicates me because i don't need shut me down and just suit me up with all this crazy animation style i have that in certain particular tastes so for world building aspects or for enheightening the aroma of let's just say the best backdrop or the storytelling with the environment so like violet evergarden or ancient magus bride those are the ones i actually appreciate good anime style because it increases the overall world behind the characters and what they're doing so for myself there's different type of spectrums of the fans i'm explaining so these slice of life fans they seem to be more of like the docile ones the inside the hopeless romantics the yada yada the great talkers conversational type that is what it seems to be like for me so every single type of person has a type of genre that they enjoy 
enjoy. Most people will go into a different type of plethora and mixes, and some shows even stand the test of time and go out and above. They are able to break through certain barrier types and get people to fall in love with them. So, for example, is the most recent one that we had, which was My Dress Up Darling. It is basically a slice of life, a simple tear tear setting of a girl who's into cosplaying. She meets this guy. He does Hina dolls and stuff like that, but ends up helping her with her cosplays. And how many people not only fell in love with this show, but enjoyed it for what it was and watched it every single week to see how it was rating higher than freaking Demon Slayer in its second season and also Attack on Titan in the second part of its final season said something. It said something. It was something unique. It was something different. And it did something that we all can relate and enjoy. Sure, I can agree that a lot of social media can increase the hype in certain aspects and get people in tune for it. And I do believe there is actually a good portion of people, if not like half of the populace, that are so intoxicated because of how much they're getting shoved down their throat, in a sense, from these social media platforms, that they jump on board to either follow along or to be a part of the mix. Because a lot of people just want to talk about it and have something to talk about. That's why the new Game of Thrones, like the Dragon House one that's about the Targaryens and everything, I started watching it because my buddy Chipper, hi he's a big fan of the franchise. So watching it, I didn't really watch too much of the first Game of Thrones, even though it was my cup of tea. I watched the first season, fell off of it for a while because I didn't have HBO, came back for the ending, saw what happened, and you see how people react to it. So the same concept with this new one now, with this new uh, the Game of Thrones with the Targaryens, you can see a new aspect of it and how it's so encompassing. So many people who are probably not into this type of genre, not really a fan of dragons, or not really even into the whole aspect of like the prehistoric times or uh, medieval times, they're jumping into this now because of the hype and how everyone is talking about it. And they said basically it was one of the most streamed things the first episode. So you can see how a lot of the narrative and hype can carry a show as well. I think that's cool. I'm a fan and appreciate it. Plus, I'm also into the fact that a lot of these things can carry over into the genres today. So I thought to myself, and I'm kind of trying to tie this all into a good bow for you, what is it that a show does to you that makes it stand out so much more than the rest? What is it about a show that can encapsulate you and capture you on so many different levels? Is it the characters? Do you get connected to them? Is the storytelling, is it super unique? Is it the cliffhangers? Is it the way that they portray each part of the story? story through every episode that it gets you so engaged that you literally sit there and want to watch more just like 86 i love the uniqueness of how the stories never always start with the intro but it brings you to something that is relevant to the story gets you into it and even the freaking title of each episode with the blank white background with the writing and handwriting plus the name itself with the number it's poetically told and it's very artistic and i like the fact they plan them in different spots stuff like that can stand out for you and make you fall in love with the show it's all also the fact of the storyline itself so superheroes there's a reason why marvel is one of the hottest things in the world because marvel is probably popping like no other the infinity gauntlet all that stuff i see it and i get it that's why i think it is such a huge franchise and why so many people love it so something like my hero academia can carry very well that's why i think this show that's based on superheroes and tying it into the villain arc and also giving you a hero like deku who had no power or maybe he did and he lost it who knows that's just a little riff for you but the fact of the matter is I could see why the hype is there and why so many people love it. So then it keeps the conversation going and kind of evolves even more to what are these shows that we have watched, that we have fallen in love with, that we wish we could watch again for the first time. I know there are so many that come to mind, and I'm sure you think of some as well, but there are so many shows that I've seen over my days that when I look back at them, they just stand out so much because of how much they did to me, what the story was like, the uniqueness behind it. I 
literally sat down. I wrote, I think it was like 42 different shows that did something unique in a certain aspect for me, whether it be my younger days, my first animes I've watched, getting back into my anime viewership, or even just heightening the overall enjoyment I have for certain aspects of criteria of genres or the characters or what I like. There's so many aspects that calls out to us. And that's why it's so beautiful and such a fun question, because I actually ask you this too. What are the shows that you wish you could watch again? What are the shows that if I gave you the Men in Black stick, I'm standing there like Men in Black right in front of you and I say, guess what? I can swipe your mind completely blank of this show. Which one is it and why are you rewatching it? It makes for a fun convo because you can actually get to see people now their inside of their personality, their interest, what they're into, why they liked it, and especially what kind of fan they are. See how I tied everything together here? I know. It's a lot of fun. Thank you very much. For myself, there's a lot of good shows that I've seen over my days that really stand against a lot of the other ones. And I could almost use like the saying that's really funny to me too. It stands the test of time. If time was to continue forever and after, there's no start, there's no beginning, there's no end. They would still be fine 25 years from now. Because I guess for us, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these shows, I think they not only do stand against the test of time, but the uniqueness and the things they bring are so connected to me as a kid. So, like, the first ones off the bat are Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean... Come on, if you're anybody that grew up in the 90s or in the early 2000s or even shoot now because I know a lot of them are still going on, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! are a lot of the soundtrack to a lot of our young lives. Pokemon was something so unreal. It was so original in the concept of how it even started. No one ever expected that two video games they made called Blue and Red Version and the fact you could have these pocket monsters and could go through this world and just catch any team you you wanted to battle other people to fight against their teams to even try to go up to the elite four the fun adventure in between the legendary pokemon it seems like not even that crazy of a concept but it hit and did so well because when i was a kid some of my fondest memories are with my neighborhood friends so where i grew up it's in this little cul-de-sac on a hill and there's probably about i'd say 100 to 200 houses that are all right here and so all of these houses a lot of them had kids around my age when i was growing up and so most of us as well all had those Game Boy Advances or the Game Boy Advance SPs with the backlight finally on them, which was huge, by the way. If you don't know this, I know it sounds like the old man that's like, we used to have AM radios and we'd sit around the radio every night and listen to Howard Stern. <laughs> Back in the day, the first Game Boy Advances and Game Boy Colors had no light in the monitors. So that meant if you played at nighttime and you didn't have a light around you or anything, good luck seeing anything you were doing and it sucked it really did they even came out with these funny things that were like attachments that go into the port that you use to use like your trading cable with your friends to either trade them or battle them you could plug in this thing into them that actually had this like uh it almost looked like a stretchy one of those bendy foldy straws that people use but it was for a light and it was this little light that just had a little small led on it was so funny what we used back in the day but that was what we had available that was our times and so <laughs> 
remember playing with all the neighborhood kids and we would get together, we would swipe our memory, all restart, play for like six, seven hours, all have a battle at the end to see who was the Pokemon master that day. And it was sensational. And then the show itself, when the show came out, we got introduced to Ash Ketchum, his whole life, everything he was going through, Brock and Misty, every adventure they went to, Pikachu, his Pokemon, the first movie that came out. I still remember that was the first movie, as funny as that sounds. I went to see with my pops and he went with me and it was the movie theater down the street. It's just so many memories, so many good times. And that's why I think if I could go back and rewatch Pokemon and especially Yu-Gi-Oh with Yugi, who's a dirty cheater, by the way, with his Millennium Puzzle piece. This guy was literally just playing Blackjack while everybody else is over here playing like Uno. Freaking guy over here, just big brain the whole time, cheating and nobody could even see the sleight of hand. But anyways, I love those shows. They're such a great premise of my start, my fandom, and the simplicity of how you didn't need anything crazy to make a storyline back then. They were super easy to follow, nothing over the top, straightforward, funny characters, no crazy depth, just the simplicity of Team Rocket always trying to steal Pikachu or the other Pokemon. And in Yu-Gi-Oh, it was just Seto, Kaiba, and the other new adventures he would go through and battling all the new ones and fighting against them and finding the reason for his Millennium Puzzle. Now that I think about it, Yu-Gi-Oh was actually a little bit deeper than Pokemon. Probably why the older crowd went towards Yu-Gi-Oh over Pokemon, but that's neither here nor there. That's say at this point, but those stories are sensational. They're timeless, and I think there's a reason why Pokemon is the number one franchise of all time. It's bigger than Star Wars, bigger than Hello Kitty, bigger than Super Mario, bigger than anything you can name. It is the greatest one in the world, and it's unbelievable to me, but at the same time, it makes sense. It's one of the oldest running animes. It has the largest video game franchise, the trading cards, which they release a new one, it feels like every other month now it's unreal and they get it they understand it they niche themselves a market and they're thriving so good for them and another one that kind of stands out to me too and these two are the biggest ones which i'm pretty sure i've talked with you guys already about is sword art online and full metal alchemist brotherhood now these two I hold with so much value and love, and I hold them in such a dear place in my heart because of what they did for me. And the fact that when I was growing up, I distanced myself from a lot of anime when I got into my relationship. She never watched any of that stuff. I started to go into that phase where it was me and her. We spent all our time together. We did our own stuff, and it's the young love. It, it encompasses you too much at times, and you get a little too consumed by it, but it's young. It's innocent. It's fun. But then I kind of think about it, and I see how everything goes, and I understood I missed out on a lot of stuff. I kind of spent too much time with somebody investing into us that there was no me anymore. So that's why when I started again on this adventure and I went on to freaking Netflix, of all places, Netflix, to start watching anime again because I didn't know about Crunchyroll. I didn't have any people. I wasn't hanging with friends that watched anime. I didn't know anybody that was deep in anime like that. So getting back into it, I had to scroll through Netflix. And this is like, shoot, eight years now, maybe longer. No, how long has Netflix been out? It's got to be about six years now, probably. Six to seven, maybe eight. I remember I went through it and I saw those two shows. I saw Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and I also saw Sword Art Online. And when I tell you the first time I watched Sword Art Online and I got introduced to the world of Aincrad and the premise of a virtual reality that became so real and these head units that you would put on and it full dived you into these worlds taking over all of your senses, becoming your basically your reality because who knows, we could all be in headsets right now, <laughs> but it became your reality to live within it, to go to a time where there is no technology, no magic, it's just straight swords play and 
how do you use it? How do you benefit? How do you thrive? And getting introduced to Kirito, I know he's generic, but whatever. He was still dope. And then Asuna, the relationship they formed, the, the secondary characters, everything about it, I loved it. Because I was finally back to somewhere I was searching for was a world of pure imagination. The thing I love about Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the whole premise of them saying imagination is everything. And that's why it's it kind of tapped into something subconsciously where I was like, this is what I've been missing. This part of myself has been put away when it never should have. This is the same thing that I've yearned for and why I still play video games, why I used to, because it takes over that sense of my enjoyment where a lot of people they can use these things as escape so i know anime has been there for a lot of people when they don't have anything i know that video games are there for people to escape their reality the forefront of what they're in why their societal measures or whatever they're suffering from whether it be income or their just relationships or their world that they're not happy with a lot of people don't see that these things are meant to increase it not to escape from it so that's why it's kind of like it's always a double-edged sword but when i watched full metal alchemist brotherhood there is a reason why to this day I will still call it the greatest anime I have ever seen. And I know it was one of my friend Chris's favorites and it is still one of mine to this day because the storyline itself, everything that it gives you with the subtlety of so many life reflecting lessons, the story of his father, what he went through, the sins and father, the antagonist of this story, him and his brother, their mother, the family oriented, the government conspiracy, everything behind it, the sins we all suffer from, but given a living entity, a form to encompass, the entirety of it, the flow of it, the pacing, the secondary characters, I was in love. It is one of the few shows that every single time I watched it, I never touched my phone. I never looked anywhere else. I never thought of anything else. I was so consumed by it because the storytelling was so phenomenal. And if you can do that and take me back to a time where I rewatch that show and get to see what it is again for the first time, there is no doubt in my mind I will still label it as the greatest anime I have seen to this day. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, there is nothing you can give me from that show and poke holes at it other than what people do in saying, well, what about the first one, Full Metal Alchemist? It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's a different type of show that they switched up. They did it differently. They revamped it, yada, yada, yada. There's no comparing it to each other or holding the predecessor of it against the original one. It's the same thing for Fruits Basket. Fruits Basket had an older version that they never completed the whole thing, and a lot of people weren't really into it, and that's fine, but guess what? I don't hold that against the show that I watched. When I'm watching a show, I rate the entire of what I just watched. I'm not holding anything else outside of it or spinoffs. So for example, let's just say like the Fate series, right? I don't sit there and watch Fate Babylonia Demonic Front and then sit there and say, well, because of Fate Stay Night, it's not as good as it... No, no, stop that crap. You look at what's in front of you and I really sincerely ask anybody in the Discord to tell me their honest flaws with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm so open to hear you out. I'm very open to understanding exactly why because honestly, I don't see holes. I don't see any plot dismay i don't see any just anything that could be changed or anything that needs to be changed i was in love with it i fell in love with it and to this day 
God, it would be one of the best shows to see again for the first time. Just like Spice and Wolf. If you know me by now, you know I love Spice and Wolf. And honestly, I would even take it off the list if you said that it could only be one show because they're coming out with it again as a complete remake. They've already announced it. They just didn't say when it's coming out or per se how far it's going to go into the story. But the fact it's coming out again and they're going to retouch it up and go from the beginning. Bro, that's, that is a fresh watch for me. That's literally, I just thought of something. Holy crap. That's what's happening with Trigun. Trigun is coming out again with its now remake, different type of anime style, going to take you probably through different parts of the story and tell it differently. It's like watching it again for the first time. <gasps> oh my God. We need more remakes. Remakes are almost, it's not the same, but I know it's close. It's like getting you back to the first time again and rewatching it. That's pretty damn close. I'm actually pretty astounded that I just thought of that. I'm actually a big supporter of these remakes now years down the road. That's genius. I love it. Sign me up. <laughs> a couple more that really come to my mind, and it has to be without a doubt, would be Violet Evergarden. I still remember when I stumbled across it on Netflix. Nobody was talking about it to me. Nobody brought it up to me. I just saw it, and I was very intoxicated with the main character, Violet, because she reminded me a lot of Saber. I just got done with the Fate series, so I said, you know what? I want to watch this. It's a Netflix exclusive. Netflix has really never let me down. Even when I watched Ajin, which was like a very hard one to watch in the beginning, but it gets really good, and I've heard the manga and the writing is sensational, too. I still remember when I sat down and I watched Violet Evergarden for the first time, I fell in freaking love, dude. I fell in love with storytelling from the depth that they were able to do it from a multitude of reasons, from even the progression of a character. I can argue as well that Violet Evergarden has some of the most sensational character growth within such a short span of only one season that it is almost undeniable that she stands in almost a tear setting of her own. From going from a sack of meat, a literal living death machine, Machine that was found who knows where, never talked nothing, had never understood love, any of that stuff, was just used to kill people, comes under the Major's control, he basically gives her some kind of sense of appreciation, shows her love, shows her excitement, adventure, and she becomes not only a living, breathing person, but she takes on one of the most intense jobs you can, which is a memories doll, to go to people who cannot write for themselves and to express the emotions and the feelings they have in such a poetic way there's a reason why William Shakespeare is one of the greatest of our time and Leonardo da Vinci because these individuals are able to translate things mere mortals have a hard time of doing themselves Violet Evergarden is literally a da Vinci herself she is a Shakespearean type where she is able to take these emotions these feelings and not only simplify them but she can articulate them in a way you would never thought possible. That's why so many people express and they say music is an expression through their soul. Music's a way to connect to people who can't think of a way to express themselves yet fully, so music does it for them. That's why they love music. That's why they connect with music. That's why music is there for them. It's a soundtrack to their life. It's what Kid Cudi said. Soundtrack to my life. I'm super paranoid, like a sixth sense. I'm not going to say the rest of it because I don't want it to happen. <laughs> 
I think it speaks volume. And that's why something like Violet Evergarden is one of the few shows that I can actually give the stamp as a masterpiece. Even all the spinoffs, there's a few like uh, OATs or OSTs, whatever they're called, like a bunch of extra episodes. They even have like a short movie that's on Netflix as well, plus the actual movie that came on that's canon that comes on after the season ends that shows everything with her in the major. I was so freaking in love with this. It almost convinces you that there is still hope that true love exists in this world. It really is. That's why certain shows stand the test of time to me. Just like Darling in the Franks would be another show I'd love to rewatch again for the first time. It makes you believe that there's a chance in true love again. Because this world, I don't mean to be a reality check here to give you something here. Real true love is almost impossible to find in this life right now. The time and age we live in with the mass amount of exposure we get through social media and the ability you have to connect to anybody at any waking moment, anytime that you have an issue, anytime you have like some hardships or downfalls or anytime it gets tough, why would you stay with it if you can go find a nice new shiny toy? Why wouldn't you keep just chasing the honeymoon phase and finding something better, looking for something better, uh, comparing yourself to other people, other relationships, looking for something newer, the new hotter toy? Why wouldn't you do that? People see now relationships as like car leases. They'll lease it for a while, then return it with the option to buy. Most of them, they don't even think about buying it. They have no interest in that. So think about it from a perspective of also adding in now the world we live in, Money and how money rules the world, how so many people are stuck in their lives that most of them don't enjoy. Majority of people don't even care for a lot of the stuff going on. Majority of people aren't even trying to better themselves. So how can you find somebody without all the bias we've built up over our years and go back to that young, innocent love that unfortunately a lot of people don't experience, but if you were fortunate like myself, how can you find that pure love again? How do you find it where it's unbiased? You want nothing but the person themselves. You don't care what money they make. You don't care what they're doing. You don't care what insight they have. You really don't care about anything other than the person, the soul they are, and how they carry themselves, and how they view you, how they think of you, what they talk about you. That's the kind of shit that I need in my life. So when you give me a show like Violet Evergarden, where this girl has so much undying love for this guy, and so does he, to where he removes himself in the movie, I know it's a little bit of spoiler, but shoot, go watch it by now, he removes himself from her life so she can live, she can find a reason to be, a personality trait, a persona of herself something to do because again that's what happens with a lot of love a lot of people get so locked into each other they forget who they are they forget their purpose so i would love to watch violet evergarden for the first time again if you couldn't tell <laughs> you know what's another fun one that utterly surprised me was Bunny Girl Senpai. So I stumbled across this one, and when I clicked on it, you just see Mai in a bunny suit with this like aquarium behind her, and she looks phenomenal, if I may say aesthetically-wise. She's just like Zero Two, where something about their design, it just hits it on the head. It's like when you see a certain pair of Jordans or shoes or shirt or car, whatever it is, something about it down to this minute detail just clicked, and it just makes it mwah, a pita butter and jelly sandwich. It just meshes so well and it's just memorable. So I remember when I saw Bunny Girl Senpai and I clicked on it for the first time and I started watching it. I was like, all right, who's this rascal guy? Why does rascal not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai? I was like, what does this whole story entail? And you see the first episode, you get introduced to him. You have the song hit, Kimimase, Kimimase, and he's just running to the beats 
everything that it inscribes, the adolescent syndrome, the puberty syndrome, everything they're going through, the storytelling with he has to help all these individual characters with the stuff they go through, plus the outro, which is, by the way, still the greatest outro I've seen in my life for all of anime, where every single voice actress sings the outro song and it plays after the episode that's in correlation with that character. Unbelievable. So simple. Yet so, so good. And I love the storyline. Even the movie makes you fall in love with Mai even more. Even the storytelling. It's so simple. I'm learning that. Most of the simple shows that just chase something that's so easy to do end up thriving. End up becoming some of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And honestly, one of the most sought after shows that I always yearn to watch again and want to and recommend to people. Because I don't need something to be like a Steinsgate. Which Steinsgate is on this list, by the way, of shows I would love to watch again for the first time but trust me Steinsgate has a lot there's a reason why they were able to make Steinsgate zero which is the same exact story but a time period that's kind of linear to itself that shows everything from a different perspective of what Okabe had to go through from a different timeline and him going through all these timelines back through time constantly transporting himself suffering through all this stuff living all these lives to finally get where he has to go I see all of it I freaking loved it and how it was done but you don't need all that all the time sometimes the simple things are what thrives that's just like the show fans as I told you about most of them don't care for crazy stories just give me an antagonist give me a cool protagonist like Naruto I love Naruto Naruto is on this list as well I would love to go back and watch Naruto and Naruto Shippuden as well for the first time again to enjoy what it was to see Naruto to see him struggle to see a character that had nothing but still had the ambition the drive to want everything when he had all the reasons in the world to not want to chase anything to play the victim I mean even now look at how people act they go to Starbucks their freaking coffee is out and their whole day is ruined. I can't believe my mocha frappuccino was not ready. Like everybody's day is ruined. Come on, dude. There's a purpose to suffering. There's a purpose to everything that happens. And certain characters like that, and especially shows that shine and just glimmer throughout all the crap of this stuff that we see, or the mass amount of animes that come out, there's a reason for that. And I think that's the premise of why certain shows for us stand out. You want another one? How about two shows that were able to break through the barrier of what a soundtrack and songs, EDs, OPs, everything that is imbued into an anime and to mix it with genres and cultures you would have never expected to do so well together like Top Ramen and Tabasco. I loved it and I had a PB&J with it too. It sounds crazy but I loved it just like ketchup and mac and cheese. Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champlo. Samurai Champlo. Those freaking shows not only introduce such a variety of topics with an episodic vibe with the characters they give you but you have seen Space Cowboys and jazzy music mixed together. You have an Edo period samurais that are fighting and killing one another, searching for a freaking sunflower samurai with hip hop and the mix behind it. And you can sit here and tell me that isn't iconic or that isn't just mind numbingly amazing and just so indifferent to the sense of how much it can do and actually surpass your limitation of preferences or what you look for I was so baffled by both of these shows I wish I could go back and be so dumbfounded with how amazing it was I still remember watching through Space Cowboy and hearing the music hit seeing them go through this episodic vibe having Spike Spiegel go through all these things carrying himself like a freaking badass uh, Bruce Lee that can just go through space 
has this freaking ability to carry himself in such a demeanor. Then you have the three samurais and them going through this life with the hip hop music and then breaking it down halfway with them beatboxing and just going through what has happened. It's just, oh my gosh, that is the type of stuff I want to rewatch again. I want to live that again. I want to experience that stuff again. It's just like a pure love. If you've had it, you know what it is. You chase it. Why do you think there's addicts in our life? Why do you think some people get so addicted to stuff? They can't break it. It becomes their livelihood. It literally is like the water to their hydration level. They need it. They yearn for it. And it's the stuff I search for. It's why anime still to this day, if you ask me for certain shows to give you, I'm giving you the ones that I know can stand out above the rest that stand the test of time and if I had the ability to sit down and erase multiple shows from my mind no doubt all the ones I've already mentioned would be on there no doubt how could you even swindle yourself away from such great shows and stuff like that and then here's another two I like doing this like duo mix mob psycho and one punch man it's the same kind of concept people who are dreamers people who give you a storyline that you may think is generic so for example psychic abilities right with mob psycho (laughs) no how about you give him a guy named Reagan who is basically his tutor and his master who has no powers is the comedic relief you have mob and the ability he has of being this generic MC but the ability he has to carry himself to go crazy at 100% the story behind it it's beautiful then you have the same thing with One Punch Man superheroes but a satire where the main guy who cannot lose and defeats everything with one punch is bald and looks like a normal dude in just this crazy put together jumpsuit he made at home like Dude, these are the things you have to yearn for as an anime fan. These are the things that you have to sit back and tell yourself, I would love to rewatch this over and over again. And I can. And especially if you have the ability to rewatch it again for the first time, bro. Sit me back, have me like Michael Jackson with that gif and the popcorn, and let me just thrive. Let me live my best life again for the first time. Even though it isn't the first time, I don't even care. I'll be loving every second of it. And I think those are premises you have to chase. So what does it mean, right? Like, why are these shows so unreal to me? Why do they stand out? It's so simple, man. It is so simple. They just get it. It's just like somebody you might know in your life that you talk to. They seem like they have it all together. They're very positive or they know where they're going. They have their stuff. They're ambitious. They're driven, whatever it is. They just get it. They get it. They know. They understand. Something just clicked. It's like a light bulb that just went off in their head and it all makes sense. It's the same thing with these animes. You don't need to be anything crazy or go into depth. It's just like a magnet. Hold the magnet over it. Does it get actually magnetized? Does it attract it? That's what it is. That's what these shows do. So that's why I challenge you and I ask you, what are the shows you would love to rewatch for the first time? Is it something like One Piece? Because some people loved the adventure and it's still ongoing now, but I have no doubt they'd love to rewatch it again and enjoy every aspect of it. Is it something that's maybe more of a niche? Maybe something that's more out of the wild, like K, the show that's a lot of people might not know about, or something that's a little bit older and a little bit, you know, more unique to it, like say something like a Studio Ghibli movie. What is it that you love? That's the thing you have to ask yourself, and you have to chase that. Do not let yourself down, because trust me, this is a great conversation, and I challenge you to ask everybody in your life, what anime would you love to watch again for the first time? 
And I bet you you're going to have great conversation. I bet you it'll start some insanely in-depth, fun topics that you guys can rift on and you get to know them a little bit better. And I think it's fun. And I think there is no wrong answer because at the end of the day, everything is opinionated. Everything I do is opinionated. Just because I do these top 10 shows or these top 10 topics on TikTok doesn't mean that those are the only good 10 shows. That's why I always ask in the comments, what's your favorite? Because it's all opinionated. It's all subjective. That's all of it. It's literally, it can be anything. And that's the best part. There is no wrong answer. Beside One Piece, (laughs) there is no wrong answer. Gosh, I'm sure you can tell, but man, I love anime. I love everything about it. I love the premise of it and even these fun conversations that can always just come up so organically and for myself too. I had a totally different thing I thought I was going to do for today's show, but I sat down, looked at this list, did some recordings for TikTok and I was like, I want to talk about this. I want to go more into depth. I want to spend some time elaborating on these topics and going more of like a deeper insight to why these things are so unique to me and why they are so sensational and to give you you guys some fun things to talk about with your friends too because i believe if i can create conversation and dialogue shoot i'm beyond winning at this point <laughs> so shout outs to all of you guys who have been so supportive over these times thank you for everybody who gave me some birthday wishes thank you for everybody who's in the discord thank you to all the patreon subscribers i plan to shout you guys out here very soon and if you want to keep supporting and being a part of the family it is so simple i have my link tree and all of my bios on all social just click it follow on everything be a part of the family. Join our Discord, man. Our Discord's the best place to be because we just nerd out with each other. I have so much fun growing it in there, and I'm going to be planning some watch parties here coming up so we can all get together and watch anime, and you can get my first senpai reactions to it because I know I'm just making that exclusive to Patreon, but it doesn't mean I can't have fun with you guys in the Discord as well. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you guys always be a part of it and do something new for yourself too, and don't be scared to test things. Don't be scared to talk to somebody. Go to these conventions, man. Life's finally open again. Go enjoy yourself. Go meet some new people talk about new anime watch new anime i want to give you guys something new to watch every time i can because of how amazing all this stuff is and by the way non-anime related i've been watching the boys on amazon and let me tell you something This is exactly how it would be if there were superheroes in real life. I have no doubt they would be these corporate schmucks that are just so freaking over the top and feel like they're gods among mere men and treat people like absolute crap and have these crazy egos and just want to do all of this outlandish stuff. It is a great watch if you haven't watched it. I'm halfway through the second season and any girl I'm walking with, you will not walk next to the street because A-Train is about to ram through you. (laughs) That's all I know. So, guys, I love you so much, man. Thank you for being a part of this family. Shallow Oceans is back as well. If you haven't listened to that, it's a live podcast I do that is also dropping this week. If it's not out when I drop this tonight, well, it can't be because I'm literally recording the show and I'm going to edit it, upload it, and then upload the episode. So, tomorrow, it'll drop tomorrow for Shallow Oceans. So, guys, I love you so much. Thank you for being a part of this adventure and journey with me. And above all else, make sure to prioritize yourself. Take time to value your health, the people in your life, do good deeds, and be good to others, and don't ever get too comfortable. That's a tease to the Shallow Ocean Podcast. <laughs> I'll see you guys all next week, man. Anime Senpai, out! Out!